you know, I, I used to be more into bodybuilding. And when I wanted really big arms, I would just train four times a week on my biceps because I know they weren't built very well. And I was at a genetic disadvantage versus other people. So it's the same with your creativity. If you're not very creative, block an hour every day where you go into creative mode. Look at people that are creative in your industry, maybe people like myself, look at what they're doing and don't copy them, but use inspiration. My name's Rudy Moore, host of Living the Red Life podcast, and I'm here to change the way you see your life in your earpiece every single week. If you're ready to start living the red life, ditch the blue pill, take the red pill, join me in Wonderland and change your life. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Living the Red Life. Today we're going to talk about how to win in 2024, what it's going to take, what you're going to need, and the key skills, discipline, motivation, tactics, strategies, partnerships, everything you're going to want to go into this year and win. Now, here's the thing. 2023 was a weird year. What I mean by that is a lot of my friends' businesses and one of my main companies actually didn't do that well. It was a tougher year. The two or three years before that, during COVID and everything, a lot of companies were skyrocketing in our space. But last year, the booming recession, the talks of the recession, money starting to contract and constrict, caused a ripple effect through many different industries. Many industries, many friends of mine, many businesses I know, ended up plateauing last year, going backwards or only growing slightly. This is interesting because two or three years previous, like I said, a lot of companies, friends, even my own companies, were growing 100, 200% year on year, crazy growth. Now, I see 2024 as an interesting year. It's a year of stabilization. It's a year of going back to normality. I don't think the recession is going to hit in full swing, personally, right? But I do think you have to be smarter. And one thing that I'm going to talk about today is not only the core traits you need as an entrepreneur to be successful, but also the marketing skills and the way the industry's going and things you need to watch out for going into next year, along with some of my biggest lessons, okay? So let's talk about you as an entrepreneur to start and then we'll go into the marketing and sales and strategy side. So the first thing is what I've learned over many, many years of being successful, hanging around with really successful people, billionaires, uh, Olympic athletes, all of that, is they take a holistic approach to their success. And this is something that's been a big part of my life in the last year or two more than ever. And I encourage you to go into 2024 looking this way too. And what you realize is as an entrepreneur, and, and this may sound a little arrogant, but you're the superstar. And what I've learned as the entrepreneur is you have to um, really protect yourself and optimize yourself in every aspect because when you're a smaller company and you're doing everything, everything you do counts, okay? How you structure your meetings, how you structure your day, how healthy you are, how energized you are, how well you sleep. All of those things make a massive difference and that's why you saw in the last maybe five years, I came from the health space, but in the last five years, I've seen many mainstream entrepreneurs get into the kind of health biohacking space. Grant Cardone's a good example of that. And pretty much every entrepreneur that's big and famous that you know and follow, many of my friends, they've all in the last five years shifted into this biohacking health space, or most of them. Why? Because they've also realized that they're, they're the superstar. They're the LeBron James or the Michael Jordan of the team that has to be protected because if they're not protected and performing, the team loses. So one thing going into next year that I encourage you to do is not wait, okay? A lot of these successful people have realized that on their path to success, their path to millions, tens of millions, and even billions, um, and I think it's something that we should all be uh, paying attention to and optimizing from day one or as early as possible. That's the beauty of 
mentorship and podcasts like that, right? So look at how do you optimize, and I'm not just talking about health, how do you optimize your life, okay? How do you build your life around your entrepreneurial traits and journeys and initiatives and activities? Because they're really merged into one, okay? A lot of people think about entrepreneurship and business as separate, but most of us entrepreneurs know it's not. It's merged as one. So I try and like structure where I live, I structure my gym routine, exercise routine, my supplement routine, I structure my sleep, you know, so whatever you've got to do to create that optimal day um, and that optimal energy balance and that optimal creativity and that optimal stress-free environment and the optimal meeting schedule. So have a look and spend this next couple of weeks as uh, we go into the new year if you're listening to this when it's launched or if you're not, um, look back and go, how is this the perfect day for Michael Jordan or LeBron James or Tom Brady to perform at the absolute best, okay? And most entrepreneurs don't ever look at this or really think about this. They just, just slug away and they brute force it and they grind away and I love that and I think you should always do that. But imagine, and, and that's what Michael Jordan did too, but imagine if you can do that if you're fully optimal, right? If you're 100%. So first part that I think going into 24 is optimize yourself, not just your business, right? Then going into the next part when we talk about um, the, the business side, okay? The transition from yourself, it transitions into the team, okay? And something I've paid a lot more attention to in the last year is optimizing the team and optimizing the people around me and my day structure to optimize myself, but also to optimize the business. So I'm more intentional with the people I spend my time with, the team meetings I have, who's on those meetings, cutting the negative people out of the business. Even if they're good, you know, we, we're getting rid of and have got rid of a couple of people that are very, very skilled, highly skilled, more skilled than the person we're replacing them with by a long way but they're really bad in terms of energy and environment and negativity and that just doesn't support where I want to go and you'll see that pretty much with most entrepreneurs. They'll, they'll take someone less skilled but has the right positive mindset and culture versus highly skilled with the wrong. So don't be afraid to be really strict on how you build that inner circle because if you look at Michael Jordan, right, I'm a basketball player, so hence the basketball references, but he also needed a team, right? He, he needed uh, his team around him to also perform optimally. And with the Bulls, that's why they won so many championships because eventually they created that dynamic, super dynamic team. So make sure not only are you optimizing yourself, but you're optimizing where you drop yourself into every day because you can be doing all the great optimization at sleep, you know, sleeping at night and all those things and the health routine and supplements. But then if you spend eight hours a day in negativity or a bad energy state or even just structuring your day wrong where you're not creative and living in your superpower, then you're not gonna do well. Great example of that is if you take Michael Jordan and make him go and play American football, not basketball, right? If he goes and plays football, not basketball, then he's not gonna do as well as if he's in his prime spot, his prime location, doing what he should do. Or even if you take the game of basketball, but say, hey, you're not allowed to shoot anymore. You're just gonna be passing and setting everyone else up. He wouldn't do quite as well, right? So make sure you're optimizing yourself and then also your team and environment and how you play and perform every single day. So that's the, 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 that half of it. Going into the second half is the way of the industry. What do I think matters next year going into next year? Well, I think it's really important to understand a few things 
going into next year. I talked about the recession and shifts this year and a lot of companies not doing as well. I, I, what I've seen over the last year is the the branding matters even more. Uh, and I've talked about branding for the last two years. I really got focused on it about two, three years ago. And a lot of people say I have the best branding in the industry or one of the best. And I think mean, we do, right? I think mean, we have a really strong brand, not the best, but one of the best and still a lot of ways I want to improve it. And, I, and this is intentional. It didn't, I didn't happen by chance. I didn't fall into it, right? So it happened because I paid attention to it and the shifts in the economy and the marketplace. And what I mean by those shifts is five, six years ago, you could just have a great offer, a great product. You could sell the hell out of it um, and win with ads and stuff. And that's what I did for 10 years. And then I think uh, a lot of people started to learn offers. You know, one of my friends, Alex Amosi, you probably know, created his book. And I think that started to change a bit of the industry because now everyone started to do what I already knew, right? That I'd been doing for 10 years and some of the other top guys had been doing or girls had been doing. So then it kind of saturated that that industry. And now everyone's doing the same. So then how do you stand out? Well, it's the brand. And I taught a big event that we live in a world now where people want to do business with their favorite influencers, their favorite brand. That's why Kardashians and all these celebrities are crushing it and celebrity alcohol lines are crushing it. I did a YouTube video on this. You should check it out. Um, if you've not already, because it's fascinating what's being created because of the brand name. Literally, alcohol lines, um, where they white label an alcohol line and put a celebrity behind it, creates a billion dollar alcohol line. It's insane. Because people want to do business with people they like, they look up to, they share similar core values. And why am I telling you this again? Because I have already spoken about this, I know. It's because in next year, in the next couple of years, it's going to matter even more. And if there is a recession or if money dries up or stays dry, more dried up, um, then it's really important to understand that because when money goes, uh, when money is tight, it sounds counterintuitive, but people will spend money on what they need to survive. And then um, you look at brands like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and all these designer brands and Ferrari. Many of them do well during recessions because people still want to buy their favorite luxury items because of how it makes them look and feel. Okay, And this is why brands are so important because as money dries up, people are going to want to do business with their favorite brands. So if you can create that tribe, that community, and then if, if you know next year or this last year felt harder, but if you can work to create that, you're going to put yourself in a stronger position to continue your success. And you know if we head into a recession, then you're going to survive better if you have that um, foundation behind your brand. The next thing is subscription, right? So one of our businesses, I shifted my focus into other businesses and uh, kind of delegated the marketing to my team and stuff, and it didn't go very well. Uh, a lot of you know lessons learned there for me. Um, and this was a big company, and marketing went backwards, so then the revenue started going backwards. But the good thing about that company is before I had stepped out of it, I had built the reoccurring revenue to about 250k a month, i.e. we would make, if I did nothing, if I closed the business down and, and took zero new sales on, we'd make 250k a month just from subscription revenue. So it put the, position, it put the company in a, a, a much safer position for me to leave it and, and see how it went. And I got the answer to that question, which wasn't a good outcome, sadly. But the point is, I'd build a really strong foundation from my efforts the two years prior. So building that subscription base, I think, is really important. 
when you can. Um, that reoccurring revenue is really important when you can because it's going to give you that strong foundation to take more risk, to launch new initiatives, to hire more staff because you know you've got this base. Okay, it's like a, a, a you know if you're a sales rep, right? If you have a five grand a month base, it gives you a little more of a safe buffer than a zero dollar base, and it's all commission. Uh, and obviously you'll always make most of your money from the commissions or from new sales, but having that base gives you that foundation, especially in business, to take more risks, to try new funnels, new initiatives, new products, right? And we tried a lot of stuff last year that didn't work, and we were able to do that and previous years because we had that base. So have a look at how you can build some sort of base recurring customers, some sort of base subscription, maybe a membership site, maybe a subscription service, maybe a bunch of people on long-term payment plans, whatever it is, so you know you've got guaranteed revenue. A good example of this is I go into next year with one of my companies, and we have about $5 million in that one company in guaranteed revenue. And, and you go, well, really nothing's guaranteed, they might not pay, but we over like the last few years know about 75, 80% is completed in terms of payment. So it's pretty safe, right? Nothing, the world could end tomorrow. You could say that about everything. So it's pretty safe. So that's the next thing. After that, I think, um, the mix of people always ask me and I always answer this question, Rudy, I, you know, you do a lot of paid ads. What's better, paid ads or organic? I think those two are constantly merging together, okay? So I really encourage you to build your organic focus. Like doing paid, I think it's always better to scale to millions or tens of millions. But then the organic and the personal brand is the foundation that makes the paid do better. So don't see them as an either or. See them as a merger together because they support each other, okay? Because the more paid you're doing, it grows the organic and then the brand's bigger and the organic makes the paid convert better and a lot of paid people become organic and then buy over the next few months. So hopefully you understand that that mix and that combination together, okay? The next tip going into 2024 is creatives, okay? One of my superpowers, my advantages, is my creative brain and how I create everything and my offices and my backgrounds and my, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? My ads, everyone says my videos and blah, 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 blah. And offers, everything is because I'm creative. And as we move into a world um, driven more by AI and automations, which I'm going to talk to you about in a second, then the creativeness actually becomes even more important than ever before. So I really encourage you guys to get creative. Now, some of you are born naturally super creative like me. We're lucky. Some of you are not, but it's just like the gym, right? Like when I go to the gym, I have great triceps, but my biceps suck. Just genetically the way my muscle belly was built, right? The origin and insertion point of my bicep isn't built very well. And some people have shorter limbs and they're built really well, so they get a big bicep part. My triceps are built well. So we're all born with these traits, right? Where some of us are better operationally, creatively, sales, right? Whatever, relationships. So, it, but with the bicep analogy, if I know my, you know, I, I used to be more into bodybuilding, and when I wanted really big arms, I would just train four times a week on my biceps because I know they weren't built very well and I was at a genetic disadvantage versus other people. So it's the same with your creativity. If you're not very creative, block an hour every day where you go into creative mode. Look at people that are creative in your industry, maybe people like myself, 
look at what they're doing and don't copy them, but use inspiration, okay? And ideally different industries because A, it means you definitely won't copy them because sometimes you, you might do it by accident, but also because you'll get all these different ideas and uh, unless you have zero creative bones in your entire body, those ideas can be used to create your own variations and spur inspiration for what you want to do. So have a look at um, blocking time to be creative, okay? I try and keep afternoons free in my business. I do calls in the morning and I try and keep afternoons free because I know that's more time to do content and be creative and plan stuff and catch up on stuff. And then at the weekends I don't do calls and I'm more creative during that time, okay? So look at how you can be more creative and create creative blocks or of course hire someone that has that creative inspiration. I don't mean just in design, it can be in creating new products, offers, uh, new niches, sub-niches, new add-on products, new affiliates, new partnerships, new press, whatever it is, okay? Now, the last and final one going into 2024 is AI. I've been teaching on AI for about half a year. I've been using it, uh, probably a year actually. I've been using it in my company for about 18 months and then t teaching for about a year in the last six months super seriously. We have featured uh, a piece in Entrepreneur Magazine that just came out, you guys should go check out. And we do a weekly live um, event where we teach AI to thousands of people. We've had thousands of people through that already. Um, I, I really do think AI is part of the future. I'm not one of these people that says it is, you know, it is the future and only the future. I do think you'll get behind if you're not using AI and I think now's the best time to use it to get ahead because I do see it as a future part of business. I don't think it's a fad. I mean, it's, it's not like the most things in life aren't the make or break all, right? Like AI won't replace a bad product, bad service, bad offer. Um, but it will expedite everything you're doing to allow you to get further ahead in business, I think in less time with less staff. So AI can be used for all types of things, mostly around content creation, copywriting, ads, um, funnels, automation, sales teams. We're using it across some of our celebrities that way. I'm using it in my own business. I've added at least a million dollars, probably like two or three million dollars through AI in the last year, but uh, at least a million trackable. Um, and then I've probably also saved about half a million dollars because we've been able to replace pretty much our entire copy team with uh, one copywriter using AI. Um, and that was like seven or eight people down to one. Um, so, so yeah, so uh, AI, like don't sleep on it. It's not that hard to learn. Come to one of my events. Um, you can find it probably on my Instagram or it's just morecapital.com uh, slash AI dash event, okay? Um, and just start learning about it. Read some of my content. There's other gurus and people teaching it. Um, don't buy into like one software, one app, one system. Like I always say, buy into the process and the idea of it and then figure out what's best on how to use it for you. Okay, should you use it in copy ads and, and ideally hire a consultant or find someone if you don't know that can kind of build you a plan based on what your business does. Okay, because every business can use it differently to get ahead. So that's a wrap guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope it gave you some ideas on what you should be focused on and tackling next year and how to optimize not only your personal life but your team and your environment and then also some of the marketing strategies and big things to just, you know, you know a lot of this stuff probably already. It's just like a refresher and it's making you bring it top of mind and consider it. 
and I would encourage you to all go take a pen and pencil, you know, paper and pen and write it or, or type it up a bit of a plan. How am I going to use AI? How am I going to get more creative? How am I going to build my brand better? How am I going to merge organic and ads and master both next year, right? How am I going to optimize my day? How am I going to optimize myself? How am I going to make sure my team's optimal? Who on my team isn't optimal I need to get rid of and who do I need to bring in, right? Go use today's episode to create a plan because action will always win. I'm all about action, okay? So go create an actionable plan and go implement it. And I'm so excited to see how you will do next year. Keep me updated, Instagram me, let me know how you're getting on, let me know if today was helpful, share it with a friend if it was. And of course, as always, until next time, keep living the red life, guys. Go crush 2024. See you soon.